Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Mitzvaso Mishatishke Hachamo. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Zois Chanukah, the last day of Chanukah, in the year Tavshin Lamad Ches, 46 years ago. The Rebbe went on to certify and edit this Chassidic discourse in honor of Chanukah, and it came out as a contrast. Chanukah in the year Tafshin Memzayin, 37 years ago. So again, the Chassidic Discourse is based on what it says in the Talmud, mitz, mitz, the mitzvah of lighting the Chanukah candles. When, when is the mitzvah to light it? When the sun starts to set, till when could you light the Chanukah candles? Until people stop walking in the street, and it says, Ad the Kalya Rigel Tamardoi, until the people of Tamardoi, um, which people are, so to speak, the, the, the rebels that sit up a whole night and party at night, until they leave the street, that's when you can light the candles. So it says in the Talmud. Now it's brought down in the different Hasidic discourses of the different Chabad rabbis, Rabbeim, the difference between lighting the Hanukkah candles and lighting the candles in the base Hamikdash in the temple and ca- lighting the candles for Shabbat. In other words, when it comes to lighting the candles in the temple and lighting the candles on Shabbat, when are you supposed to light those two candles? When it's, when it's, when it's day still. In other words, the candles in the base Hamikdash in the temple they lit, which is called Plag Hamincha, which is, um, way before the sun setting which is approximately an hour and a quarter before and also we know the Shabbos candles you have to light it before before the sun sets because you have to make sure you do it before Shabbat starts so that's by Shabbos and that's by the Beit HaMikdash Temple however when it comes to the Hanukkah candles when's the mitzvah? it's after the sun sets in other words even though even though that why do we light the Hanukkah candles? It's because of the miracles of the candles in the Beit HaMikdash. So seemingly, we should light it at the same time as they lit it in the, in the Beit HaMikdash. And especially, you know, anything that the, the Chachamim, the rabbis established, it's similar to the way it's in the Torah. And, but nevertheless, what do you see? When do you light the candles? When the sun sets. And if you remember that it's known the explanation that when it says you have to light it when it gets dark, so, yeah, that's when we light it. But what does it mean spiritually? It's referring to the time of exile. In other words, when do you light Hanukkah candles? In Gullus, in exile, in a time when it's spiritually dark. Now, the reason why, unfortunately, we're in exile, and we have the spiritual exile, so we know everything comes because of this, because, unfortunately, because of the sins that we've done, which is the opposite of the candle of doing mitzvot and learning Torah, like we say clearly in the prayers, because of our sins, we went, out, we, we went into exile. And that's why, because the Kanaka candles are lit because we're in Gullahs, the darkness of exile, that's why when do we light it? When it's dark outside. Why? Because what's the whole purpose of lighting a candle in Gullahs? is to bring light into the darkness. In Hebrew, it's called Lahoyeres to lighten up the darkness of exile. As we know, that the, the time of the, of the miracle Hanukkah took place, even though we had the temple then, but it was already it was called exile. It was called the exile, the Greek exile. And especially in those days before the miracle, 
because unfortunately you had a, you had you had an intense darkness, and like it's like clear from the prayers and alanition. What do we say? All the different terrible things that happened to the Jewish people. We were in Gullus. and that's why the time for lighting the Hanukkah candles is when until the last person leaves leaves the marketplace. Ad kalya rigel tamadoi. What does tamadoi mean? Tamadoi comes from the expression of people that rebel. Rebel against the Kosboruchu, Tarmud, and, and, uh, uh, which is talking about those type of people, and rebellion, when I read this, is the same letters. And they are unfortunately in the street, which means, and what does it mean in the street, literally, to open Rishus Harab in the public place? It's a place where God is not necessarily welcome or invited or, or, or looks like a godly place. But up until when do you light it? We say till you till the till the the last person in the open marketplace leaves. What does that mean? One is one one <coughs> insight means that the light of the Hanukkah candles totally nullifies and obliterates all the rebellion that's against the Kaddish Baruch That's one insight that it obliterates it. And the second insight is that the light of the Hanukkah candles affects. In those that rebel, not they should be obliterated, but they should have a yearning for Hashem. And those, even those that rebel against Shekhar's Baruch Hu, their rebellion should go away, but they shouldn't just be rebellion, they should be, they should be um, in, 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 in zero. But on the contrary, they should be transformed, and they have tremendous yearning to cleave to Shekhar's Baruch Hu, up to the point that their yearning and their wanting to cleave is, is so strong, and like we know, it's brought down in many, many places, that the yearning of someone that returns to Hashem, a Balshuva, is much greater than the yearning of a tzaddik. Why is that? Because we know the famous Kabbalistic rule that there's greater light that comes out from the darkness. Okay, so just to recap, what they're saying is like this. The purpose of lighting the Hanukkah candles is to light up the darkness. And it's supposed to affect one or two things. Either to obliterate anything which rebels against Hashem, or even deeper, to take what's rebelling against Hashem and it's have a yearning for a Kaddish Baruch Rebbe says, we know, anything that exists in the physical world, even in the uh, world, so to speak, the concealed world, the world of Klippot, etc., everything has a source in holiness. And not only that, since we know it says, Ein oid malvadoi, besides Hashem, there's nothing else that exists. That means even someone that does witch, witchcraft, and you basically, you're, you're, you're violating and you're disrespecting the Baruch Hu, everything comes from Hashem. Whatever it is, the good, the bad, the indifferent, everything has a source in the Baruch Hu. Now, so there's certain things that since everything is for Hashem, it's not all good. So what happens, Rebbe explains, is when things come down to this world, and they come down from the one, you know, from the Tzilud, Briah, Yitzirah, you know, through the different levels of Ishtalshalos, and it goes down many, many, many levels. So what happens is sometimes there has to be like there's a, there's a block or there's a contraction or there's a offense or things break on the way. And so the same thing also about these ideas. In other words, when you have, when, when, it, when it's dark or you have people that are rebelling, remember everything, even the darkness, even the rebellion, it all started in holiness. But unfortunately, it came down through many tzumim, through many contractions, many, many stops, many breakages, etc. And like, Drebbe gives a beautiful example, or an example, in reference to paroi. 
We know Paroi is the king of Egypt, and we know the source of Paroi also comes from Hashem, also comes from holiness. And like, you know, it says in Kabbalah, it says in reference to Paroi is, what is he on a spiritual level? The Asparia with Skaliman Kolmohirin. It comes from a very, very high level. But unfortunately, when it came down from one level to the next, unfortunately, you have Paroi, the king of Egypt. Uh, no, who basically is called the, the, the big fish, which is, uh, which is, uh, swimming in the sea. And what does he say? The sea is mine, even though he comes from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Now, but the mere fact that it came down so low, obviously not only comes from Hashem, it comes from an even higher place. As we know, there's a rule in Kabbalah that anything that starts in a very, very high level, when it comes down, it sinks very, very low. So everything, again, everything is from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Things that are revealed is from God, it's revealed. Things that are concealed, like it's klipot and rebels against Hashem, they actually come from a deeper place in the Kaddish book. And that's why when they came down here, they fell so low. Now, so therefore, what happens is when we go ahead and light the Hanukkah candles, and we transform these powerful, what we see as klipot, rebellion, etc., which technically fell lower, but we transform them. And notice, let's like, for example, when, when, in the case of Paroi. So Moshe Rabbeinu was yet to transform Paroi. And, and Hashem gave him tremendous power. Hashem said, boy, yo, Paroi, I'm coming with you to Paroi. We have to transform Paroi. So what happens then is, it gets elevated to even a much higher place. And not only that, since every Yerido, Every downgrade, the purpose of the downgrade is to have an upgrade. So what happens is the upgrade that happens after the transformation goes actually even to a higher place than from before it started. Powerful stuff. So based on this, Rebbe explains beautifully, uh, again, remember, everything comes from Hashem. Things that we see, we see. But things that we see that doesn't look like it's from Hashem, it actually comes from a higher place. When we transform it, it actually goes it goes even higher. So based on what Rebbe explains... This is what it says, that why, when we, when do we light the Hanukkah candles? Misha Tishcha Chama. So there's a, there's a powerful uh, teaching from the Zoya. The Zoya says like this. Based on the, uh, a verse in the prophets where it says, V'zorach Hashemesh Uba Hashemesh. The, the, the sun's, um, shine, then the sun left. And then it says, When it returns, even where it returns, it's, it's giving off light from there. And also the Zohar says, When the sun goes out to the west, so that west is called the place of the sun. Wherever it is, it goes out west, that's the place of the sun. What does that mean? So whoever says, know the explanation, that when it says it went out west, west is referring to which sphere? The sphere of Malchus, the lowest sphere. Like it says clearly, the Shechina, which is referring to Malchus, is in Meir from the west. And when the sun goes out west, what does that mean? It's bringing down, the sun is bringing down, bringing down the Zah, the Zayop and the small place which connect to the sun, into Malchus. Up until the point it's coming to Malchus, the way Malchus of Atzilut becomes a source for the next worlds of Bria, Yitzirah, up to the point that what happens when Malchus starts going down, so the light of Atzilus starts going away. But nevertheless, even though it left Atzilus, through Malchus, it goes down into Biyah, but nevertheless, wherever it is, that becomes the place of the sun. And that is its true place. Because the real reason, the real intent, why Hashem created the world of Atzilus, not just to create a world of Atzilus, and leave it, it's all about Atzilus. No, that from Atzilus should come down to the Bria, Yitzira, Asiya, and specifically over there, the sun shines, because the main 
sun shining is not an Atsilas. The main shining is where in Bria, Yitzira, Asiya, in the lower worlds. And like it's brought down in, in the in the holy book of the Alter Rebbe from Tanya, and he says a very powerful insight. He says the higher worlds, so let's say in this case the world of Atsilas, is a downgrade for Akadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem is infinite, Atsilas is a downgrade. However, when it comes to the worlds which are even lower, Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, and especially this physical world, where you can get lowered in this physical world, specifically in this world, you can create a dwelling place, for Hashem, or what part of Hashem? The essence of Hashem in this world. Just like, for example, in a dwelling that you live, you, you're fully dwe- you're dwelling there. So the same thing also, Hashem literally dwells in this world. And as we know, that the Yesh Hanivra, the physical existence that was created, up to the point where he feels like he created himself, even though Hashem created him, is on the same level of the Yesh Hamiti, referring to Hashem. And that's why the mitzvah of lighting the Hanukkah candles is when when it gets dark. Because what's the whole purpose of lighting the Hanukkah candles? Is to bring light where, not in Atzillus, in Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. And those where the sun is leaving the world of Atzillus. And through that, that's when it really starts shining up to the point where it becomes a dwelling place for the essence of a Kaddish Baruch So ever since you can say, now even deeper, that when we say we light the Hanukkah candles, Tishka when it gets when the sun sets and it gets dark, and it was, so we till now we spoke about the world of Bria Tzia not Atzilus. Now they're taking it a step further, a step lower even. It's referring to the creation of the Klipot. The Klipot is the part that rebels against Hashem. In other words, it's, it went so low. In it went so low, much lower than the world of holiness. Now, but since we know that whatever is higher comes down lower, like we learned before, so what happens when it shines after it gets dark? So then what happens is when it's shining, it actually gets, it, it goes even to a higher level where it was originally in the world of Atsilas. And like, for example, there we gives the example, the, when we, we look at the quality of creating Something physical, materialistic in the world of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, the low words, the specific worlds. In other words, when it leaves the world of Atsilas into the world of Bria, Asiya, uh, over the, the, the quality of creating, um, the world of Bria, Asiya, Asiya, the, the general worlds, you know, so, so it leaves the general world into the, to, of Atsilas into the general world of Bria, Asiya, So what happens when, when the physical existence was created, in the world of Bria, Yitzhira, not only the general, but in the specific ones, specifically in the lowest levels of Bria, Yitzhira, Asiya, in all the details and all the specifics, that's where the power of the essence of Shem gets revealed. And, and we're specifically in the world of Bria, Yitzhira, the, 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 the revelation takes place specifically in the creation of the physical, uh, the, the physical existence. And like it, like it's, the Rebbe brings to the Zoya, the Zoya says that in this physical world where God is concealed, and we go ahead and we practice his skafya, we practice restraint, what does it say in the Zoya? I'll say it in Aramaic, Kadiskafya sitra achra, istalik kutshubricha de kolalmen. So when you practice restraint, so God is felt all over. In other words, through the fact that Hashem created what? Not holiness, but specifically sitra achra, the other side. By the sun 
going ahead and going down in a holy level, and you practice restraint, iskafia, and you practice ishapka transformation, so then you actually bring in a higher level, a light which is higher in revelation, and that's actually why it's called istalic, because it's coming from a much, much deeper and a higher place. But on the other hand, you can say, wow, so what's this all about? The goal is to bring light into the most darkest place? And the says, yes, because when you bring light into the most darkest place, that's when what gets completed is Hashem's desire. And we know Hashem was Hashem's desire. He wanted a dear Eloisburg. He wanted a dwelling place for the essence of Hashem. We're specifically in the lowest places. And in order to fulfill this dream and desire Hashem had, so that's why he had to create something which is called Ra, which is evil. And like it, like it says in the prophets, Noira Lila Adam. In other words, Hashem created this, 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 this physical world so that we can go ahead and bring godliness in here. And that's why it says Hashem created worlds and he destroyed worlds. And as what are we referring to? The world of Toyu, where Hashem originally created the world, the world of chaos, so that human beings, as we are called Adam, because we com- we are compared to Hashem, that we should go ahead and transform and elevate the sparks that was not yet transformed, and we should we should transform them, we should elevate them through our specific work, work, and through that, by doing our avodah, we actually fulfill the mission of that what God wanted of a dear a dwelling place down here. So again, so never taking it up a notch. That the goal of bringing light into darkness is not only to the physical world, but literally into the place of klipot, literally the lowest places. And when we do that, we fulfill God's dream of Nisava Kadesh Baruch Hu, that you should have a dear Vitaktoinim. So that's now they're explaining. That's why it says, till when do you light the candles? Ansha Tichle Reglamarashuk. Till you uh, uh, get rid of the, till the last person leaves, leaves the marketplace. So the first. The first insight is, it's referring to holiness. Why? Because Shaykh comes from the, from the verse that says, Shaykh of Amudah Shaykh, that there was um, the, 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 uh, which says in the prophets, that feet were, were made out of marble. So what does it mean on, on, uh, practically? It's the, Shaykh comes from the word of Nishtaykh, the world that God w- was yearning, knows, to create. Hashem wanted to create this world. And the, and the feet of this yearning is, is the three feet. What's the three feet? That's the three festivals, which is a very, very high level of holiness. And like we know that in the three festivals, we know you have to make Aliyah the regular, you have to go to Yerushalayim. And just like you're coming to see, you're coming to be seen. And something you're coming to be seen, you're coming to see, and so on and so forth. So the first idea of Shuk, there was explaining the idea of Shuk, does till the, 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 the feet leave the Shuk. What does feet leave the Shuk? So first explaining, Shuk is coming from a yearning. And you're to be with Hashem, and you do it on the three festivals. So Riglam and Ashuk is Regal's referring to our, our Lila Regal going up to, going up uh, to Yerushalayim, and we have a yearning, what, to see Hashem. That's the first insight and the positive side. But on the other hand, there's another insight of Shuk, which means the physical street, a public place. And like we learned before, a public place which is totally, there's no borders, there's no limits, there's no boundaries, and there's no respect for Hashem. And up to the point where in this shook, you have people that rebel against Hashem, rebel against have a, a, a God and, and, and respecting Hashem. Like we said, Tarmudoi is the same letters as rebellion. And the, the feet in the shook is referring to the feet that walk in the rebellion. So in, those, in the, in the in marketplace, there are people that rebel and they go, uh, uh and, and they, and they grow in their rebellion. Now, so on one hand, we're saying, 
until when you light the candles, and one of them saying is a positive thing. You light it until you have the yearning, the yearning for Hashem. On the other hand, you're saying is no, 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 until you're dealing with the people that rebel. So the says both insights, which are seemingly opposite, are connected. Why? Because this that Hashem had a yearning to create the world, which is the first insight. So what was the purpose of the yearning? So that he can have a dwelling place down in a place where God's concealed. In a, in a materialistic world, which is which is so spiritually low, up to the point where God is totally concealed. And that's where Hashem created the world in such a fa- fashion that it's a public place. <clears throat> which is basically the second insight of, of Shuk. And somebody that wants to make a mistake, what's a, to think, uh, you know, that, that, it, that this is what Hashem wants God for the negativity, that's your choice. But the fact is, we know it says in the Torah, but we should choose good. But the point is, Hashem is giving us room to make a mistake so that we can have choice. So that both of them are really feeding each other. In other words, specifically, that Hashem created the world in this fashion, where it's a place where it looks like Hashem is, is not the owner. You know, it's a public place. But we, with our spiritual work, we transform it into a private place, which means a private place for Kaddish Baruch Hu. Through that we fulfill Hashem's desire that He had to make a dwelling place down into this world. Now, this pleasure, chuka, right? This pleasure that Hashem has when we transform the public form, which means public means it's multiplicity, not necessarily only God. And we take this public place, which is not only for God, and we make it a private domain for Hashem, means, in those Kabbalistic term, terminology, it's called this Habcha Chashaykel and Hayra. We take darkness and bring it into light. That is the greatest pleasure you can give a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And like we know in reference to laughter, that what does laughter come from? Why does somebody laugh? Because something new, revolutionized. So the same thing also, so to speak, in the pleasure and the laughter that Hashem has, what causes Hashem to have laughter, to be happy, when we go do something crazy? We take darkness and turn it into light. And that gives God the greatest pleasure possible. And the Rebbe says, this is a similar, you can say, what it says in the Talmud, that whoever teaches the son of an ignoramus Torah, even if Hashem made a decree against the person, Hashem is going to nullify, nullify the decree. Why? Because the prophet it says, Vim yoker kapitia. You're going to go ahead and, and transform from something drunk into something respe- respectful, so it's going to be the it's, it's going to be it's 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 going to be good for you. So in other words, when we go ahead and and learn and teach someone that doesn't know anything, Hashem gives you the greatest reward. Why is that? Because we're explaining to this. This that a tzaddik, a righteous person, can cause Hashem to, to nullify a decree, even though he knows that Hashem made a decree, is because that's really the will of Hashem. That's, the ultimate will of Hashem is that the tzaddik should nullify a, a negative decree of Akash Baruch Hu. And Hashem is actually happy from it. Like, like it says, for example, in the Talmud, what is Hashem doing at that time? When, when, the, when the tzaddik nullifies the decree, he says, he smiles, and he says, look, my children, we're, 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 we're victorious. In other words, what does it mean the children were victorious? Because you're creating Hashem to laugh. And just like it, it applies in, in Jewish law, that Hashem laughs and he says, oh, my children are victorious. The same thing also applies to everything in the world. 
when the world operates, which basically is based on the, the decree of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so Hashem has obviously tremendous, tremendous joy and pleasure when, when the world is operating the way He wants it. Or like, for example, it says, in reference to when you have to sanctify the moon, so, so the Chachamim have the power to sanctify the moon, and even if they did it wrong, it goes based on what the Bresden said, even if, they were, even if they were intentionally wrong. In other words, even if they intentionally sanctify the moon on the wrong day and intentionally did it, it never becomes holy. And even then Hashem says that we're going to go ahead and listen to the way the, way, the, way the rabbinical court ruled in this world. So Beis Hashem explains beautifully what we just learned before. If somebody teaches a son of an ignoramus Torah, so like we said, the verse says that you're going to take from something which was uh, 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 negative and you're going to turn it into something positive. Why is that? Because the pleasure and the laughter that Hashem gets from transforming the sparks, which means take, from taking something which was like trash and you turn it into something positive. And if somebody goes ahead and, and learns and spreads Torah, like we're learning here, we're learning and we're teaching Torah all over the world, even to a, a, a simple person, Hashem says, Hashem says, even if he makes a decree, you can go ahead and nullify the decree. Why is that? Because when I, because, because that, what's the avoid of a tzaddik? You're making Hashem happy. And therefore, when you make Hashem happy, you can even nullify the decree. And Hashem laughs and he says, that my children were victorious against me. Now, this that we mentioned before, that what is the whole intent of all the concealment in this world? Why did Hashem make it, if the ultimate goal is we should learn to and do mitzvahs and pray and do the right things, why did Hashem make it where we don't have that clarity? And we learned before, because it says in the Torah, Hashem wanted to give us the opportunity to be able to to choose life. And that gives power and encouragement that we should not be intimidated and God forbid think that we don't have the power because we see the world, oh my gosh, a world full of klipot, people rebelling against Hashem. And as we, we see a, a world which is basically a world which, which is a Rosh There's other forces besides God. There are people that rebel against Hashem. So don't get intimidated by the world. Why? Because what's the reason why we have a world which is full of negativity and klipot and sikrachra and not necessarily one voice of Hashem? It's so that we should overpower natural instinct and still connect to Hashem. And like it's brought down, the Rebbe says in the, in the book from the, from the Balshantov called Savos Harivash, that when a person goes ahead and prays, and you're praying with a lot of kavanah, with a lot of intention, and you're, you're, you're meditating and you're praying, and right in front of you, a Nanju comes, and he's talking out loud, and he's trying to distract you from your prayer. Ah, so you can say, how can I pray? I have distractions. So the Balshantov said, no, 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 this should awaken within you inner power that you should pray with more kavana, with more intention, from the depth of your heart. Your heart. Why? Because when you think that the who is giving this non-Jew who's disturbing you the ability to say what he's saying to distra- to try to distract you, it's coming from Hashem. Because the fact is, he wouldn't have the power to talk or to exist if Hashem didn't give him power. So when he is saying these words which are t- trying to cause you not to be able to focus, it's coming from Hashem. Now, even though <clears throat> in the words that he's saying, 
You have the words of Hashem, so to speak, which is in Gullus, because ultimately, because he's trying to disturb you. But what happens is when you meditate on this, you'll be able to have more power in your prayer, because you'll realize, guess what, it's all coming from Hashem, the ultimate goal is for me to focus in more on my prayers. In other words, not only don't you get intimidated, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be the same place as before, but the contrary. When someone tries to intimidate you, and someone tries to confuse you, confuse you, not that you try to stay even keel. The goal is to go even deeper, have deeper kavanot, deeper, deeper connection to Kaddish Baruch Hu. Why is that? Because the holy sparks that was in exile in the words of the Nandru is actually coming from a higher place because it's, everything comes from Hashem. But it came down, in fact, it's disturbing you. Obviously, it's coming from a higher place. And when a person goes ahead and doesn't get distracted, you're actually elevating those holy sparks that was coming from a higher place. Like we said before, to take out from trash and making something beautiful. So what happens, you reveal that the source is even higher. And that gives you more power to pray. Because what you're doing is when you're praying, you're having kavanah. When someone's trying to disturb you, that disturbance all comes from Hashem, but unfortunately, fell very, very low. So when you go ahead and don't get intimidated, and you actually use it to pray even deeper, not only are you ele elevating your prayers, but you're actually elevating that holy spark. And especially like I explained before, but the whole idea of your ridot soyrechaliyah, when something was downgraded, the purpose is to get elevated even higher. And those the elevation after the gangrade is supposed to go higher than where it started from. And the same thing also applies when you're elevating the sparks. After it came down into this world and you go ahead and transform it, the goal is you're taking it to even a deeper and a higher place. And it's even higher from where it started from. In other words, when a person goes and does a transformation, he said, then you, what are you doing? You're doing the dear You're making a dwelling place for Hashem in those lowest places where it dropped to. But who is the dwelling place for? Not for a level of Hashem, but literally the essence of Hashem. In that level, there's no higher and lower. So therefore, you're actually reaching a much deeper and higher place. And just like when it comes that we light the Hanukkah candles till Kalya Rigotomadoi, in other words, not only do we want to obliterate the negativity, but on the contrary, you create in it that in the Tarmadoi, in the people that are rebelling, they should have a yearning for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. By, by transforming the sparks in them and actually bringing it to a higher level. So based on this, Rebbe says we're going to understand the connection between the two insides, what we learned before about the Regel, the feet in, in, the, in the marketplace. In other words, on one hand, it's going on the feet of the upper, other side of holiness, regular, the feet of the people that rebel. And on the other hand, Regal's referring to, we learned before, on the three, three, three holidays, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, the, whole, the holy holidays. Why is that? Because to go ahead and transform and elevate the sparks of not holy, from not a holy place, that they should have a yearning for Hashem, Kalya Rigla, you're taking the rebellions and you're causing them to have a yearning for Hashem. Where does it come from? It comes from the spiritual work of the three festivals. Now, because we know the difference between the world of Toyu, the world of chaos, and the world of Tikkun, the world where things are, 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 are stable. Because in Toyu, in chaos, the, the sphere was just, was just two. Yet, just, just, just two lines. But in Tikkun, there's already three lines. 
So, for example, Toyu is two lines. Let's say Chesed and Gvura. Tikkun already has Chesed Gvura and Teferis. You have all three. So, but, but, but the 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 ultimate purpose of transforming the sparks of Toyu that fell down into the opposite of holiness. You know, those regular Tamadoi and the ones that rebel against them. How do you do that? How do you elevate it? You elevate it by what? By the three, um, the, the three feet of the world of Tikkun, which basically is the, the three festivals of holiness. What does that mean practically? So the three festivals are the three festivals. What does it mean practically in Aravoida? So it's referring to the three legs that the world stands on. Both the the world, the small world of, of a human being, and also the three legs of the whole world, the the materialistic world, which is on the lowest level, um, and and how do we elevate that? We elevate it by the three avodot of Torah, learning Torah, praying, and doing mitzvot, and we elevate our world and the whole world as well, and that's why it says in reference to Yaakov Avinu, because we know that Yaakov, his soul embodied all the souls. So obviously it applies to every every single Jewish person. What does it say, Yaakov? It says, "Vihine Hashem Nitzav Olav." Hashem was standing on top of him. So Chazal say, "What does the Rabbi teach us?" That the, um, when it comes to tzaddikim like Yaakov, Hashem is standing on top of them. In other words, this that Hashem is standing, <coughs> like Nitz, uh, the king is standing. <coughs> So he's standing, how is the king standing? Based all of on our physical work, our, our avoida of praying and studying and doing mitzvot. And especially our avoida that we have to pray and study and do mitzvot in the times of gullus, when, when the, so to be, the lights are off. I, I, or for example, when we go ahead and, and transform the darkness of exile, so what happens is through us doing the transformation, that causes Hashem to exist. And it also happens through literally our work, even by putting our small finger into it. And like we know the Ramam says that literally by doing one mitzvah, whether it's a mitzvah in thought, a mitzvah in speech, or a mitzvah in action, we literally have the power to tip the scale of the whole world from going to, from negative to positive. And we can create a salvation um, for, for, for us and literally the whole world. So based on the Shabbat says, well, now we'll understand the connection between the eight days of Hanukkah <clears throat> to the connection to the eight days of Sukkot. And like I explained before in, in the previous Hasidic discourse, what the Rebbe said, which we also have online as well, based on the teachings of the different Chabad Rebbeim, that the eight days of Hanukkah are connected, um, similar to the eight days of Sukkot. Why is that? Because what is, what is the goal of Sukkot? We affect like it says in the, in, 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 in Psalms, Hallelujah, Hashem Kol Goyim. All the nations of the world, Sukkot accomplishes to all the nations of the world, praise Hashem. Shabchu Kolom, all the nations, praise Hashem. Why is that? Because we're being showered with chesed, with kindness. In other words, this, that, the chesed is, is, is showering over, over the nations of the world. You have a tremendous revelation of, of kindness. So it affects the non-Jews. And the nations of the world that they should uh, uh, praise Yudke Vavke, the infinite name of Hashem. So that is on Sukkot. But because through all the chesed, so it creates that, that they praise Hashem. The same thing also in Hanukkah, that we affect in the nations of the world. And like we learned before, that in the point of Kalya Rigalim and Termodoyi, that the, the, that the people that are rebelling against Baruch Hu, that the light of the Hanukkah candles affect 
even in those that rebel against Hashem, they should have a tremendous yearning for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just like on Sukkot. Now, so even though on Sukkot has it happened, because Gavrilei Nuchasle, there's tremendous kindness. And what does that mean spiritually? There's Makifi Malyonim, very, very powerful energies that come down on Sukkot. And that's in a revealed state on Sukkot. However, on Hanukkah, doesn't exist that. And matter of fact, the proof is because in Hanukkah we have to wage war. So Rebbe says it's known, the, the powerful uh, teaching of the Alter Rebbe, that when did we finish the war of Hanukkah? So the Alter Rebbe says that the completion of the war for Hanukkah was on the 24th day of Kislev. However, so, so why we celebrate we're on the 25th? Because the 25th is the day that we be able to rest. And that's why it's called Hanukkah, comes from the word of Chanu. We rested on the 25th day. On Excuse me, on the 25th day of, of, of Kislev, that's the day that we rested. And that's when we basically went into the temple and we lit, we lit, we lit, we lit the menorah and up to the point that we had, we praised Hashem, which is a very, very high level. Like it's explained in the different Hasidic discourse about going out of Egypt, the, the, the big name. So notice what Rebbe is saying is that even though, um, even, 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 even though on one hand, you're saying it's a dark time, but the fact is, Chafhei already was, when we brought the light into the world, because that's when we rested. Now, just like in the holiday Sukkot, it's called Zman Simchaseinu. It's a holiday of our, our, our joy and our happiness, plural joy. Why is that? Because there's two joys. There's the joy that Hashem is happy with us, and there's the joy that we're happy with Hashem. Now, even though, in, in reference to both of them, it says Yismach, He's going to be happy in the future, because as we know, the main simcha, the main joy and happiness is not in this world. It happens when Mashiach comes, but nevertheless... But even though the main joy is going to happen in the future, comes, but Chag HaSukkot is still called today holiday of happiness. So obviously it must be because it exists in a revealed way in the holiday Sukkot. So Rebbe says the same thing also in reference to when we obliterate all the rebellion from the street and we affect in the world the, the, the energy of Hanukkah. And even though, again, the ultimate completion of real light is going to be when Mashiach comes, like it says in the prophets, us in the future, when Mashiach comes, he's going to return the whole world to have one, one voice, we're going to all serve Hashem, but nevertheless, it also happens now in Hanukkah. And just like in those days, that we obliterated the rulership of the, of the kingdom, the, 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 the wicked kingdom of the, of the Greeks, now, even though we still didn't have the complete redemption, we're still in Gullus. And the fact is, we know that in the second temple, there was missing several things in the temple. <coughs> um, it was missing five things in the temple. But the same thing also now in our days, even though today we're in Gullus, we're in exile, and we're still not even by the beginning of the redemption, but nevertheless, when we do our work, our actions and our work of every one of us, because the fact is, we're all part of the miracle of Hanukkah. And we do our work in the time of Gullus. And especially the, the, uh, our work, which is, which, which is, which is the call of the hour. Which is basically the spiritual work of lighting the Hanukkah menorah. Which mainly is lighting the Hanukkah menorah by the doorpost of your house. To lighten up the street. So what do we affect? Kalyo Riglo Demer We get rid of all the rebellion. And, 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 and with both insights, one is that we get rid of it, or B, that it's transformed, that the, the rebellion people, rebellious people are yearning to be with Hashem, and that happens even before the, the redemption. And just like when it came to us going out of Egypt, because as we know, all the, all the exile, all the exiles are connected to Egypt, that for all the Jewish people, what did it say even before we left? 
There was urban mishlaisam. There was light in their houses. Even while they were, even while they were in Egypt, they still had light in the houses. And because they had light in the house, they were able to take out everything they had to take out from Egypt. Just like they left it like a, like a pond where there was no corn left. And which basically referring to the transforming on a spiritual level, all the different uh, sparks of the revealed world. Or like the other expression, they took it out like there was nothing left in the pond of water, which is basically referring to transforming all the energy of the concealed world. So the same thing also today, that literally, and we're in the last moments before the ultimate redemption we're going to have for everybody he's going to have light in our homes and we're going to come to and now ladies and it's going to happen very very quick we're going to come to the to the complete redemption and then we're going to have the real obliteration and the transformation of all re, all, all all the rebellion against Hashem and Rebbe finished off and he says like this through the fact that we're going to do our our actions and our work we actually hasten the coming of the redemption even more so like the rambam says which is a, which is a book of laws that even when a person does one mitzvah you create a redemption and a salvation and how much more so when you learn and you spread the inner teachings of the torah of torah which is kabbalah like we're doing right now which was re- which was revealed in the last the last few generations and like we know that it says before mashiach comes you got to taste what it's going to be like when Mashiach comes. As we know that when a person learns, it brings to action. And it's referring to specifically learning the concealed part of the Torah, Kabbalah and Chassidus, etc. So that adds, when you learn Chassidus, it adds energy and, and enthusiasm and, and beautifying all the mitzvahs that you do up to the point we do it in a way of mahadrin, min mahadrin, we do it like on the highest level, like as we know the, 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 when it comes to Hanukkah the simple custom is to do it like the best level, the first night you light one and every night you add and so on and so forth, so the same thing also, we, we bring close and we add quicker, quicker the, the redemption that very very soon we're going to go to greet Mashiach Sitkenu that, and we know Mashiach comes, he's going to teach Torah to all the Jewish people, which is the ultimate in learning Torah. And then we're going to do Kemitzvah Necha. We're going to do the mitzvah exactly the way Hashem wants to do the mitzvah, which that's the ultimate in doing mitzvahs. And we're going to merit of Kol Gadol Yeshuva Heina. Everyone is going to return to, return to Hashem. And we're going to turn l'hoidois or l'halel, shimcha ha'gadol. We're going to pray. We're going to sing the great name of Hashem. And when is that going to happen? In the third base hamigdash, the everlasting temple, migdash Hashem koin yadecha, the 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 holy temple of Hashem that Hashem has created. And it's going to happen. The Rebbe says b'mheira v'yameinu mamash very very soon and very very quickly. So here you have another powerful, beautiful Hasidic discourse of the Rebbe, the whole insight of Hanukkah, that we have the power in Hanukkah to lighten up the darkness up to the point that the darkness itself will have a yearning for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. And like the Rebbe says, when we, we do our avoida of creating the ultimate light in the world in the lowest places, we're actually elevating to a higher place, and we'll all merit with the coming of Mashiach, and God's willing, our next class will be in Yerushalayim, Yerakoyedish. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov, and happy Hanukkah. Okay.